Good day, this is Kelly Daynert with Pearls and Swine Podcast. Uh, today I'm doing part two of a couple blogs that I did uh, some time ago about Matthew 18, which happens to be a, a difficult passage for many who are in abusive situations, particularly where there's a, a power differential and therefore in toxic organizations where the boss is bad news. In any case, this is the second part of the series describing the experiences of Christian organization employees working under abusive bosses. These are uh, articles are fruit of interviews with employees who sought diligently to respond to their foul bosses in biblical and thoughtful ways. So in Matthew eighteen fifteen through 20, I talked about in the last blog, Jesus outlines the process for confronting a brother who has sinned against you. The passage goes through three steps of confrontation, if you'll remember. Number one, go to them one-on-one. -on -one. If they don't respond in repentance, then number two, take one or two others with you as witnesses to confront them. And if he doesn't respond to this grace of confrontation, then number three, take it to the church. If after these steps he does not respond in repentance, the church is to treat him as an unbeliever. He is clearly not interested in what Jesus calls him to be. As I research toxic leadership in Christian organizations, this passage can create much unnecessary angst as missionaries and employees misapply it to their situations. In a couple of cases I researched, my interviewees did not believe Matthew 18 was applicable to their situation. Several of my interviewees observed others who approached, one-on-one, -on -one, the leadership of their ministry and experienced difficulty, sometimes great difficulty. <clears throat> they said they did not think one-on-one -on -one confrontations would be of any value or was dangerous. Adam said he had seen a pattern of other people attempting to bring concerns directly to leadership and they were excused or dismissed. He noted he was conscious of the Matthew 18 passage, but was too cynical about the success of it, even try go after that. So, going one-on-one -on -one and upping the ante. Below are five stories of applying Matthew 18. These five interviewees' approach, approaches took different forms. They sought to keep the problems as contained as possible, but each sought help from the board of directors, considering that an application of bringing one or two others, or the church, as Jesus suggests in Matthew 18, when the one-on-one -on -one did not work. In the case of Francis, though not considering Matthew 18 necessarily applicable, Francis said a pastor friend exhorted her to not neglect the noble role of whistleblower, referring to Ephesians, where it says, Don't walk in the deeds of darkness, but expose them. She was encouraged to confront the chairman of her organization one-on-one, -on -one, as Matthew 18 teaches. Francis, the CEO of a mission organ training organization, sought to communicate privately with her toxic board chairman several times. 
but the chairman just would not respond. She explained that communications the chairman had with others in the organization had been critical of her, and she had been left out of important processes in which the CEO always, in the organization's history, had been involved. Though Francis did not consider the Matthew 18 principle be necessarily applicable to non-church setting, Francis did try to communicate directly with the chair. However, she said, I tried to knock on that door several times, and that door was slammed shut. At others' advice, she sought to lay out to the entire board in great detail interactions with this person over the preceding months. Unfortunately, the chairman was able to manipulate the board somehow in ways I was never privy to, she said. She did not survive the experience being fired from the organization. Harris. Harris, uh, CEO of a large and well-known Christian organization, considered it a matter of integrity that he speak directly to the board chairman, his toxic boss. He believed this all could be, have been solved in one face-to-face -face conversation, a step the board chairman never took with him. While separated by several states and recovering from a serious surgery, Harris wrote several emails to the board chairman. He added, I didn't go complain to someone else. Harris wanted to confront the chairman privately. In addition, he noted that he was, wasn't insulting or making accusations as he wanted to be gracious in his handling of the conflict. After exchanging three letters... The chairman began his third saying, I appreciate your note, particularly the spirit of it. However, when the board voted to fire him, one of the members stood up and pled with them and said, We cannot do this. We have a biblical principle. We must talk to Harris. However, the board chairman and board members would not speak with Harris prior to his termination. Several months after his firing, the new board chairman, new president, and the former toxic board chairman came to speak with him. He said it was a pitiful meeting. The plan of the new chairman and the new president was for the former chairman to seek forgiveness from Harris for his failure to respond to Harris's confrontation. However, when the meeting had concluded, the former chairman had not asked for forgiveness. And I want to add here, that's not in the blog that I just heard today, that uh, this particular organization has gone through, I believe it was um, four or six presidents over the past 10 years since this uh, gentleman, Harris, uh, was fired by the board. They have had huge problems in their leadership. Eugene, <clears throat> Eugene, a middle manager of a global mission organization who considered the CEO a friend, would discuss issues privately with the CEO. He had several discussions with him regarding the amount of work the CEO was expecting him to accomplish. When Eugene wrote the 25-page document to the CEO with suggestions for improving the use of both the CEO's gifts and his own in the organizational structure, he explained he had no intention of going to anyone else with his recommendations. He said, I am not going to share this with anybody. 
If someone is going to take the brunt of repercussions, it is going to have to be me. Rather than humbly and respectfully hearing the recommendations and discussing them with Eugene, the CEO asked Eugene to resign. Immediately following his forced resignation, Eugene asked for a meeting with the board chairman seeking to bring accountability to the CEO, but he wouldn't talk to me, he said. He remembered being surprised that the board chairman would not respond to him. Eugene said, I'm a senior vice president. If that level person is resigning or fired, it seems like you would want to talk to them, hear his side of the story. But no, that was it. Eugene stayed around waiting for the next board meeting, hoping they would call him in, but they did not. Approximately three years later, Eugene received a message from the board chairman asking to talk. The board had fired the CEO, and the chairman asked forgiveness from Gene. The chairman said that he kept sustaining the CEO despite all the negative feedback he was getting about the financial state and from the staff. He told Eugene, you were right. I should have listened to you. The board chairman resigned from the board, disappointed in his failures to protect the employees from the CEO. Graham, <clears throat> the director of a global mercy ministry, said he sought to follow the biblical principle of going to someone privately, one-on-one, -on -one, and if necessary, bring in a couple of church elders, and if necessary, go further. However, he said his small group of Christian leaders that confronted the founder and CEO of the organization for sexual harassment and abuse were trying to avoid going further. He considered the three of us going to him as the private one, described in Matthew 18, and then later with the full board of going with the elders. In seeking the help of the board as his church elders, Graham was very disappointed. The board ended up supporting the founder due to pressure from a long-time big-money donor's pressure. <clears throat> Graham and 40 others were fired. After 10 more years of complaints of sexual misconduct, the board finally fired the founder. Graham said, It will be a long time before I will join another Christian board. As far as I'm concerned, I am swearing off Christian boards. Another approach. Ben had a, a very different approach to the application of the passage. He explained, I just felt like the Matthew 18 principle is something that I needed to own in where I had leadership. Like Adam, he had also seen a hurting group of people who had really been shot down in their attempts to try to apply that to fix breaks, however small, however gradual. Ben said there was a group of missionaries he called the Matthew 18 group that were constantly butting heads, constantly trying to bring about change. He said woefully, many of them were in my office a great deal for a great deal of counsel, encouragement, and prayer because they were not were getting really worn out through that process. Ben did meet with his toxic CEO to present his resignation but expected no resolution. Ben and Cassandra signed a letter to the board that included the major concerns we had with the organization. The letter expressed the missionaries' belief it could be an amazing organization if the board would hear the missionaries' stories. However, 
the board never spoke with the missionaries. Well, in conclusion, Isaac, a missionary in a developing country, did not go to his board. He said, I think they are completely disconnected with what the founder would be doing. They're his board, probably just a few pastors somewhere in the United States, and they know the founder, and they all go way back, and so I would be nothing more than some guy that was upset because he was asked to leave. It is apparent that toxic leaders are difficult and often dangerous to approach 101. There's no apparent consideration of this given in Matthew 18. And as explained in my other blog on the subject, Matthew 18 seems to take for granted the brothers involved in the dispute are on equal footing. The possibility of retaliation is not mentioned. In addition, the board of each of my interviewees' organizations took little or no responsibility for oversight of the toxic leader under their charge. None of them took responsibility to bring accountability to the leader until the damage of abuse and firing was already done. Boards rarely listen. This is proven out in survey after survey of both Christian and non-Christian organizations. As one individual told me, in our organization, I'm tired of seeing missionaries sent home in body bags. Thank you for listening today. Hope you'll join us again sometime and consider supporting Pearls and Swine podcast.